For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Seven oh seven on CJAD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How's it going, Josh? Excellent. The last day of tax season, so feeling good, Dan. It's true, and we're taking a bit of a break from uh, the election madness, the Bin Laden madness, and we're going to talk about uh, health and wellness in this hour. And uh, we have a very interesting guest this evening. Tonight we have Mitch Katzetlin, who's going to talk to us about how he helps employees of entrepreneurs that we've been interviewing throughout the year, how he helps the employees become a little more efficient, kind of get in tune with himself a little from a health and mental standpoint and how he's made his own business about it. So welcome, Mitch, tonight. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And tell us a little bit about what Wellness for Work is today, and then take us back to where you started in this whole venture. Well, right now, wellness uh, as an industry is is absolutely exploding. Um, We have to uh, really take credence to this, and um, we need to really understand that um, wellness right now is essential in human resources, in corporations, the employees really must be um, well in order to be productive. So the immediate results we see when we bring programming such as yoga sessions or lunch and learn sessions, just the education alone that we bring to these employees benefit them greatly. We could could see immediate results at work in terms of uh, presenteeism, in terms of stress reduction, in terms of the bottom line of the company, that we could see a little bit later on, but um, we need to address it in real terms, in terms of uh, what what their health plans cover. Um, so right now, we're focusing on actually reducing the company's healthcare costs. Now, now you say presenteeism. Is that... That's not absenteeism. Is that the opposite? Like, what, what is presenteeism? It's not the opposite. It's actually, um, it's more tragic because not only are you at work um, as opposed to not being at work, when you're at work, you're not really quite all there. Meaning, um, what are your productive hours during the day? Is it from 10 to 2? When you get there, how much time do you have, do you take to settle in, check the emails? Um, are they all personal emails? Are they business emails? The coffee, the smoking breaks are huge. We now have to address, and it is out there, the statistics reveal that, and studies have shown, a smoking employee costs the company an extra $3,000 per year. Amazing. Now, now I understand the impacts today, and, and I really want to hear more, but tell us, how did you get into this business? Did it start really with the wellness for work? Or what exactly did it start with and when? Well, wellness for me is, is, a, is a very big part of my life. I, I live it, I breathe it, um, and I preach it. Um, as religious as that sounds, um, it's actually true. It's, it's an essence of your being. And it came from, from a very real place. It came from a place of needing it in order to feel good about myself. It came from a place of professional professional uh, uh, 
what I did on a daily basis. I was the senior manager at a, at a fitness club in the aquatics department for many, many years. And so I, I've been selling the concept. I've been living the concept. And I've been preaching the concept for many years. That eventually evolved into, um, into personal training. It evolved into uh, teaching spinning. It evolved into teaching CPR and uh, and health and safety courses. Uh, I had a, a show on uh, on CJD. Could I could I give? Uh, of course. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dave Fisher. I'm going to give Dave Fisher a plug. We had a show um, based on backyard pool safety and CPR classes. Very important. Um, it's been a part of what I do for ever. And mm-hmm. so um, this idea came around when I was actually, when I was actually um, doing some personal training sessions at Reitman's in front of their head office, just standing outside of Reitman's head office on Sove, uh, several employees a- approached me asking me if this was corporate sponsored. And at that time, this was about three or four years ago, it was almost unheard of. Three years later, companies like Reitman's and Insight and um, Ericsson have full-time wellness managers as part of their human resources departments. Was it hard at first to sell many companies on, on investing in the health of their employees? Impossible. It was absolutely impossible. It's not their first line of business. You know, when, when people were asking me about this week's show, Dan, and they heard, you know, the ad on, on, on the radio and wellness for work, I got the, that's a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. How do you get companies? I mean, does it really work? How do you get the business owners to maybe not buy into it, but how do you get them to realize that, hey, it's actually worth something? So I can only imagine, Mitch, uh, what struggles you went through with that. Not only that, but the, when the human resources looks at these kind of programming and offering it to the, their employees, they almost feel like the employees are being paid and sponsored not to do work, which is conceptually counterproductive to the essence of the company is it detracting from the profit are they not doing what they are hired to do answer is absolutely not it actually makes them more productive it actually makes them feel um, and we evaluated in, in a team building scenario it makes them feel not only do they get enriched but they feel a return on their investment and what they do every day being paid whatever they feel is undervalued and that'll always be the case so is it measurable it's absolutely measurable. It's measurable in absenteeism. It's measurable in stress. It's measurable by the return on investment. The ROI is absolutely affected. There's a one-year effect. We can look at a three-year effect. And this is revealing, absolutely revealing. And the statistics now say, and Health Canada has produced some, um, that reveal anywhere from a three to a 10 to one return on investment. Now, as an accountant, Josh, um, you understand investments do not reveal do, do not do not give that anymore. We're not in the, the 80s anymore. We're looking at 13% return. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. 10 to 1 return on investment is absolutely substantial. And that is only um, realized with the chronic giving of wellness programming. So, you know, when I approached uh, uh, one specific company, their answer to me was, we already have wellness programming. It's called the Employee Assistance Plan. Part of their healthcare plan, um, their insurance provider provides this this uh, this program for them, and it's underutilized. 
Today's Entrepreneur continues on a CJAD with our guest, Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. He's a wellness professional. If you want to join the conversation, 514-790-0991 or Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility, 715 on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 718 on CJAD. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest, Mitch Katz Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. He's a wellness, wellness professional. And if you want to uh, ask any questions uh, to Mitch about, about his business, his line of work, and uh, how he helps employees uh, lead more healthy, active lives, 514-790-0991, and Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility. Now, Mitch, you were, you're really telling us about the product and the service that you're offering, but you, let's let's take a, a, a few steps back and say you were working as an employee. Where did you make that leap, call it leap of faith, into starting your own business with this? Yeah, well, it wasn't an easy leap of faith. Um, you're gainfully employed or somewhat gainfully employed, and um, that's, that's given up, and hopefully uh, you have the wherewithal and the support of your family and uh, and, and in pocket change to spare that uh, you can build a company. It doesn't happen in a year. Um, it doesn't happen in two years. It doesn't even happen in three years. Um, there's got to be some sort of a support network in place. Otherwise, it just can't work because uh, the, the initial sell and the marketing, and although marketing is made much easier now online, um, in terms of expenses, it uh, it becomes all-consuming and very, very, very time time intensive. Did you start this on your own, or were you with a partner? No, this was on my own. At what point? I mean, have you always been on your own? Do you take on a partnership? I mean, to kind of ease some of the, I'll say, planning stress, Absolutely. as whatever you call it. It might always be better to work with somebody else. Yeah. I- Partners can be uh, can be volatile. They could work really well. Um, partnerships that work work well because there's a good balance between you two. What I like to do isn't necessarily um, what he likes to do, and what I'm good at isn't what he's good at, and we have to be a complement to each other. Do you recognize that with him? Absolutely. What happens when you disagree? We are like a married couple. <laughs> we fight and we swear at each other and um, well a good married couple and um, we have very good communication skills when it's a partnership that doesn't work and you don't really hear each other speaking and the partnership d- d- will dissolve and and has um, very very quickly and what about strategic alliances have you ever developed those in the years to try and further the business, further the sales? Well, strategic alliances are, as they call them, strategic. And um, they're essential as um, alliances, as far as alliances go that aren't partnerships, there's no other way to make a business work. Um, It's networking. The alliances, for me right now, the strong ones are insurance brokers, which help me into their clients. It's in their best interest uh, to approach their client, offering them wellness services in the way of um, the, the eventual goal is to reduce their their costs their health costs so bring down the claims bring down the premiums and for a broker these are these are magic words it's a, it's a reason for them to approach their client for a positive 
impact instead of, well, your premiums are going up by 40%, which isn't uncommon. Um, or the client then after it, that happens for a few years will switch providers and go with a new broker and start low and then, you know, kind of, kind of save money in the long run. You know, we're, Dan, we're talking with an entrepreneur that has a really tough job to do because selling these soft type of services, bringing this product and service to the market is not easy. And for an entrepreneur to have that, that drive to do that is absolutely amazing. And when we come back, marketing, marketing has got to be an absolute key. I'm really curious to know how Mitch gets his marketing, his wellness for work programs out there. Especially with something that's, uh, that's I would say, an emerging field, right? I mean, that's we'll, we'll talk about how yeah. the challenges there, too. Uh, 514-790-0991. Today's entrepreneur uh, with our guest, Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. And don't forget, CJD's election coverage begins at 8 p.m. More with Mitch in just a moment. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Coming up to 726 on today's Entrepreneur, our guest, Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. And Mitch, you're a wellness professional. Is it difficult to, uh, to really get your name out there, certainly to promote this business, given that it is, uh, I would say, an emerging field, an emerging industry? Well, it's, it's all about the upsell. So we're, we get into the company, However, um, through human resources, through the insurance broker, once we're in there, if we're giving a wellness fair like we did at uh, PharmaScience uh, last week, it's a platform. It's a starting point. It's discussing the services. It's surveying the employees. It's figuring out what the corporate culture is and how to bridge the gap between corporate culture and what the employees want to see as, as far as uh, continuous programming. Is this something that you've kind of learned for, through schooling? Is it some experiences along the way? Like, where do you pick up this, uh, uh, I guess, the marketing uh, well, style? The upselling skill is something that, uh, that's definitely been developed, but uh, has, has come pretty naturally. Um, for the uh, CPR and first aid business, it's uh, become an, an all-inclusive, well, backyard pool safety and infant and child courses and and um, it becomes it becomes an essential service when you're dealing with healthcare professionals. But it come it becomes a desired service and a service that is you know an admirable leap to take, uh, seeing that only five percent of the uh, population that we live in 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 this province is certified in CPR and uh, first aid. Um, that becomes um, that becomes injury prevention. That becomes baby proofing. That becomes products and AED sales, automatic external defibrillator sales, which are now huge in schools and office buildings. So this is just not wellness for work. You started or you were doing things either right now at the same time or you started out something before wellness for work? Absolutely. So CPR and first aid has been uh, a business for me with a partner since 1997, but the business has existed since 1992. Um the it, it's a natural progression i i think that once once the programming is being given the clients have you have formed the relationship business is all about the relationships and once that relationship is formed there there's a confidence there there's a they know exactly who to go to because they've associated with with you in a positive way they've received good programming and services and the upsell becomes the natural step the next step 
And I mean, you know, we're talking about relationships. Do you, how do you continue those relationships? How do you stay in the client's face? You keep them served well. You keep them happy. It's all about making the client happy in terms of their confidence in you, in terms of your integrity, in terms of you deliver the service that you promised to deliver. It terms, it, it's all about setting the expectations, setting them to exceed them. So set their mindset and then do better. Relationships is certainly key, Dan, as we've seen over and over again. Great to offer a fantastic product, great to offer a, you know, a unique service, but relationships are what's going to keep the people coming back. You know, as people move to the, to the Far East to get their goods or whatever, it's the service, it's the relationships and the, the people's trust factor that if you're able to develop, certainly, absolutely use it with whatever product or service you can develop along the way. Trust is key when absolutely operating your business. Entrepreneurs are aware of this, and we hear it clearly with Mitch. You nailed it. You nailed it, Josh. Um, we can see in the uh, in the pool uh, business that once you have a relationship, and it's a long-term relationship, and you're supplying the human resources aspect to uh, to a property management company, you're supplying lifeguards for their for their outdoor pools, and. Um, once you have that relationship with the client, they will soon go to you, sooner go to you than a competitor for supplemental services. And we have to go to news right now. Mitch, uh, we'll have more with Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work in a second. It's 7.30 right now on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 732 on CJAD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau, and our guest this evening uh, from Wellness for Work, Mitch Katz-Zeitlin. He's a wellness professional, but uh, but Mitch, that's not all you do. You're involved in, uh, uh, you have been involved in, in a few different projects. How do you balance everything together, and how do you uh, how do you manage to, to focus on, on all your different projects? It's, um, it's, it's not easy. Uh, that's the very short and sweet answer, but uh, it's a juggling act all the time. Every day is a mountain to climb and a uh, juggling act. Where am I going to focus? Um, I have some seasonal businesses, so that makes it a little easier when CPR is slow, um, professional lifeguard placement service and pool services are up. Um, wellness for work is something that carries me through the uh, the, the winter and spring and, and uh fall seasons so it, it that makes it easier but having entrepreneurial ADD um, my mind is in, in a million different places at any given moment so the next idea is coming at full speed and it's being entertained and then I forget the last thing that I went to was trying to focus on now how how much I mean do you rely on your partners to keep you focused do you have to every now and then take a step back how do you how do you kind of control this entrepreneurial ADD as you put it the objectives um, have to be in place you have to know where it's gonna go how it's gonna get there and I'm just like just like setting out a budget it's uh, something that has to be tracked and the entrepreneur is not always that good at doing it I say it because I know it it, it, it should be done but uh, I'm not really good at doing it when it comes to the analysis where has it been and where is it going and how am I getting there and what is the picture at any given moment that is something that I think most entrepreneurs struggle with because they're constantly selling 
Now, you, you talk about analysis of a business, and which is certainly key for any entrepreneur. You know you have to do it. I mean, you know you got to mm-hmm. stay on track. At what point, A, did you learn this, and how do you apply it, or what, what things do you look for to, to keep that focus? To keep that focus is, is a task in and of itself, um, the, and you need help. You can't do it alone. Your focus is, being an entrepreneur, your focus is on the ideas and the generating and the formulating them, but making them work, bringing them to action. Uh, there are, there's one kind of entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur and you can be a small business owner. There's a very distinct difference. The entrepreneur has the insight in mind. The small business just goes day by day. The entrepreneur has the vision and the and the wherewithal and how to get there and the ideas keep generating and the upsells and the different services and the different products to keep the to keep the customers and the clients interested in coming back to you um small business owners have what they have and they do well with what they have and they could sustain that and it's very very focused and single-minded do you surround yourself i mean do you you have peers or mentors that you kind of bounce ideas off of so you that you're not alone or just with your partner and trying to maintain this focus and drive and vision that's absolutely a key to business success and um, i am presently involved in uh, several networking groups, um, primarily BNI, Business Network International, and I'm a very active member. I attend uh, one specific chapter in uh, in Point Claire called Doiso, and as well, I visit other chapters, and I meet with uh, members of other groups, and we bounce ideas off each other. We form power teams, and the power teams are really people that bounce well off each other. So recently, um, I met with a connection um, through a window protection company called um, called Access Protection, and um, that developed into me sitting down with uh, Paramount Pools. Paramount Pools, for me, is like a marketing company sitting down with Coke. Um, Paramount Pools, for me, has become, well, they're building pools. They will look better when they can then go to their customers and say, well, here's a follow-up service. Do you know how to manage your pool? Do you need access to safety courses, backyard pool safety, pool chemistry? Uh, There are so many opportunities. So where do you draw the line between administration of your business and selling or marketing of your business? I mean, you can't, I guess, you know, as an entrepreneur, you always want to sell, you're always looking at the top line, but you got to look at the bottom line too. And how do you make sure that whatever revenues come in, enough of it falls to the bottom line? That's, um, again, that's, that's um, something that it takes, takes some focus. And the ideas, the ideas keep coming. The ideas need to translate into something. I think that's primarily um, where my thoughts go 90% of the time until I have to sit down very late at night where my mind isn't moving a million miles an hour and take a step back and start looking at where it's come, where it's going, and am I taking the right path? So with this entrepreneurial ADD that you that you referred to, uh, have you made any sacrifices along the way? Like what's, what's suffered a little bit? Um, my, my mental state, I think. Uh, <laughs> Ironically. Uh, uh, for, exactly. as, as we do for Wellness for Work, maybe it needs a little meditation or yoga class. Well, that's just it. That keeps me sane. Yeah, I mean, as, as an employee and an employer, 
um, the employee has the same has the same issues. I mean, you, you have your stress and you have your focuses. And when your boss says, "Well, wh where's the budget? Where's your rectification? Where's your where's your where's your plan?" and their answer is, "Well, look what I've done. Why do I have to look at what I have done when look at where I'm going?" But employers will demand it. But employer, as an entrepreneur, you don't have that knocking at your office door every single day. You only have yourself to answer to. But that also becomes, I have to be devoted 24-7. My every, my every thought is about one business or the other 24-7 because the less I put in, the less I take out. And I presume when the bills hit the table and you got to pay them, well, then you focus even more. You, you do or you die. You do or you die. Now, we're talking about an emerging business, as Dan put it earlier. What about competition? Do you have competition to face? How do you deal with it? How do you stay on top of it? Or do you feel you're really ahead of the game? The competition makes, th it makes things interesting because if you're confident about your service, it, doesn't, it does not intimidate. Your clients will be confident about your service uh, and, and that really, that's everything right there. Once your clients are confident about your service, they will not look to the competition, even if they're paying more for your service. Is there competition in your business today? Absolutely, and all of them. Uh, wellness is, is huge now, and these services are out there. Independent um, health providers approach the company, um, whether they're a yoga practitioner, a massage therapist, or a nutritionist, they approach the company on an individual basis. Well, what I have on top of what they're offering, I'm offering the same thing, but I'm offering a conglomerate of services where they can, the employee could change it up. The employer, the employee could, could lose interest in any given service, and then it's gone nowhere. So then it, you could change it up like a personal training program. A personal trainer, if it's a good personal trainer, would, will change up your program every three months to keep it interesting, to keep you motivated, to keep you getting better, to keep For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Today's Entrepreneur Continues, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guests, uh, Mitch Ketz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. He's a wellness professional. And we also bring in uh, Michelin Mayette into the conversation, HR consultant with uh, Fuller Landau. And we, we, uh, we touched on the issue of smoking and how that not only affects workers' health, but it also affects uh, company time, right? How do you manage... Uh, smokers versus non-smokers, and there's a bit of that, that jealousy factor sometimes in the workplace, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, employees will definitely get jealous or feel that they're being mistreated if they see their colleagues go out for two or three smoke breaks a day, and you know they get looked at funny if they try to go for a coffee break. So I think it's on the side of the employers, really, to look and make sure that they're treating their employees equitably and to be reasonable. If somebody wants to get up because they want to stretch or go for a coffee just to relax, you know, for 15 minutes, it's really hard to say no when their colleagues are going outside to smoke cigarettes for 15 minutes. I've yeah. had people in the, in the restaurant industry tell me they've taken up smoking just so they can get a break. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too, which is terrible, obviously. So, <laughs> so how, how much does do, do companies employee policy manuals, I mean, how specific do they have to be? And is this something that you would include in these wellness programs or these, these issues of inequity between employees? 
Well, for breaks, it's really a company can decide whether they want to give breaks, obviously besides like a lunch break and that type of thing. Um, some companies don't really have a formal policy on breaks. It depends on the type of company you have. If it's more office employees, often it's a bit more informal. They can take a break when they want. Um, but it's often it's more a question of the manager and how they deal with it. So it's kind of acceptable that your smokers need to go outside to smoke, but it's not acceptable that other employees can go lounge downstairs for 15 minutes unless they're smoking. So I think it's to, you know, to turn that around a little bit and understand that maybe some people you know, also need to take a breath of fresh air outside instead of uh, going outside for a cigarette. And we're talking about efficiency and productivity. So some of these wellness for work programs, I mean, they have to have an effect. Do, do you see, I mean, do employers realize this, what you've seen along the way? Some do, uh, some don't. I'm sure Mitch has seen uh, that as well. Uh, but I mean, I really think, I mean, there's factual proof that having this type of program helps. So I think it's really hard, you know, to say that it doesn't help because, I mean, there's facts and statistics behind it that you can show if you want to put in place a health and wellness program in your company. And it's not something that necessarily is very expensive. So while we see generally very large companies putting in place this type of program, it is something that really any company can do. I think, and the entrepreneur really has to just keep the open mind. I mean, you're dealing with employees, dealing with productivity and training. I mean, retraining somebody that doesn't stay is, is really expensive. To, so to keep those employees there and for a long time is in the entrepreneur's best spirit. Coming up on today's Entrepreneur, I'm more with Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work and HR consultant Micheline Mayette. Seven minutes ahead of CJD's election special. It's 7.53 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.56 on CJD, today's entrepreneur, our guests, Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work and HR consultant Micheline Mayette of Fuller Landau. And uh, Micheline, we're talking about uh, uh, Mitch's wellness services. How, how is, it, uh, is it difficult to apply these kinds of things across different companies, especially different sized companies? Yeah, I mean, in smaller companies, if you don't have a budget necessarily to bring in people, which you know, which I think is great when you bring in people from the outside, obviously they're professionals and they know what they're talking about. Um, if you have a more restrained budget, I mean, there's things that you can do that are really inexpensive. You can start walking groups at lunch. Uh, most companies have a few employees that are really gung-ho when it comes to health, and they might have an activity that they are willing to lead, even on a voluntary basis after work and that type of thing. So, I mean, you should go you know, look at the employees that are really into it, and often they'd be more than happy to offer their services to get other employees involved as well. There's also charitable activities that uh, can involve bike riding, dragon boating, for example, uh, that the company could participate in, which doesn't cost anything to the company. And yes, the employees generally have to raise money, but it's also a great team-building activity too. Would you would you get the employees involved? I mean, maybe maybe it's a question of if you can't come up with the right ideas, well, maybe hold kind of a mini forum and ask ask your team what they might want to get involved with. A hundred percent. If you want to put in place a formal health and wellness program, uh, the best thing is to kind of put in place a committee. So get employees from different departments who know what's going on and instead of having just a couple of people doing it. Um, make sure you get upper management involved too because that'll usually get more buy-in from the staff. And I've, I always find a survey is a great thing because you have to know what it is that people want. What, what do your employees want? You know, you might say, okay, well, we'll do a Weight Watchers group. But, you know, maybe that's not an issue that people are having. So if you actually do a survey, you can find out what's going to interest the greatest number of people and have the greatest benefit to all. 
Great. Michelin, thank you so much. I know really at the end of the day, entrepreneurs keep their eyes open, keep their minds open, and there's a lot they can do to benefit their their people, their team, and really improve productivity. Uh, as we approach the end of the show, Mitch, uh, is there a piece of advice that you would offer to today's entrepreneur as they set out in business? Yeah, don't do it. No, <laughs> seriously, though. Um, it's following your passion. It's it's really it's being dogged about what you believe in and not giving up. I mean, being an entrepreneur is like a wise man once said. It's like climbing a mountain every single day. It's always an uphill battle. It's always a struggle, and it's uh, it's difficult financially sometimes. Your ups and downs. So if it's not your passion, it's not going to work. Thanks, Mitch. Dan, there's two takeaways I take from this week. One is, it's about focus. Entrepreneurs have a tendency to go after what's in their mind, what's in their vision along the way, and they don't always tend to focus. Have that focus, have the people bounce off ideas, and really do one thing, do it right, and move on. And the other thing I would attach to is relationships. Relationships for any entrepreneur, with their customers, with their suppliers, whomever it may be, that's what will help make the sale, that's what will help make the bottom line. There's a trust factor that's there, and that's what has to continue. Thank you very much, Josh, and thank you to our guest, Mission Mayette of Fuller Landau and Mitch Katz-Zeitlin of Wellness for Work. And Josh, we're taking a bit of a hiatus as the weather gets better outside. Well, actually, Dan, we're on for another couple of weeks before we oh, take on for the summer. Uh, we're up for a good couple of week shows, and then we'll and then we'll break. perfect. So we'll see you next Monday night. You got it at 7 p.m. Uh, the polls close in 90 minutes. CJAD's election special begins in just seconds. Don't forget, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-877. 2865 or visit www.flmontreal.com. Have a good night.